Both of us? Ada's just a lass. Father? Don't worry, my love. They can't get in. They think you're responsible for the creature. Nonsense! I want rid of that beast as much as anyone. Slowing the whole operation down. These bumpkins should be thanking me. I'm the one who's paying for its destruction. If you'd like to go tell them that, you're welcome. But please, let us get Ada out of here. Ada doesn't leave my side, and I'm not going anywhere with you. You must listen to me. In a few minutes, one of those bumpkins are going to work out that this building is made of wood and they'll set this place ablaze. Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Dave and this time on the podcast uh, we are very very fortunate because this is actually an episode that I've been looking forward to recording for a very very long time and if you're a fan of the podcast um, you'll kind of have met some of these characters before, in fact all of the characters before uh, in our stories. Um, they were a huge part of Ifan's death um, but we're going to focus on the nation as a whole uh, which is the Brass Coast. Um, who who wants to introduce themselves first? Greta, Cece, Ben, what are you? Who, who's up for it? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay, there we're, we're to step um, up, man. Right, so, who, who who are you? What do you do at Empire? Um, that sort of thing. So, uh, my name's Ben, uh, and at the Empire, I play Edgardo Iguera, I- I- um, and I was most notably known for being the second admiral the Empire ever had. Um, and likely, you know, there probably won't be a third for a very long time after that, after that whole debacle. Um, <laughs> I am also part of the Promiscuous Dodos, which is the group, um, that we have formed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Who- and you, uh, and you and your audience may have indeed seen some of our uh, work. They are, uh, I mean, I know you on this obviously. podcast anyway, the, the stuff of legend, they are, if you, if you don't know, they do uh, a few plays notably, noticeably the, uh, the Coctopus, which I'm a personal massive fan of. It's true art, but um, let's get through the introductions before I start really, really uh, laying it on too thick about how much I appreciate what you do. Um, Cece, why don't you go next? I'm Cece. Uh, I play Anna Itazil Iriqueza. Um, I love Empire. Uh, it's fabulous, and I love the sort of things you can do with it. Um, yeah, that's me. Cool. Finally, Greta, you're up. Uh, my name's Greta. I play Iliana Itazil Irikaza. Um, I am the costume maker for a lot of our <laughs> theatrical productions. Uh, and an apothecary. I guess that's that's all my character really does. Yeah, that's all. That's all they do. Uh, it's yeah. <laughs> we all diminish our own roles at Empire, but that is, uh, I would say, a massive one. Um, right. Let's start with just nation questions before we get into what you do specifically. Um, first of all, like, what kind of attracted you to the Brass Coast? Um, and and like when you were your first maybe impressions of the nation, and were they kind of any differences when you actually started playing? So I really love the costume brief. It is so vibrant and colorful and different to a lot of the sort of standard medieval style LARP. And uh, one of the favorite things for me about the nation is the honesty, because a lot of LARP is about pulling, you know, uh, something over on uh, someone else or uh, being uh, disingenuous, but actually the Brass Coast Brief is all about honesty, being loud and proud with what you believe in, and that's really cool. 
Yeah, very much yeah. so. I, I completely agree. It's one of the things I really love about interacting with uh, Freeborn. Uh, oh, that's one thing that we should do right now, which is something I can be involved in. Uh, Brass Coast is the nation, but Freeborn is what you call them as people. And I'm still learning this because I still call them Brass Coasters. And it's like, uh, no one from the Brass oh. Coast is cool with me calling them that. So I'm really, really trying hard at the moment to try and uh, change my language and try and try and do it properly. So hey, it's work in progress. But yeah, Ben, is there anything that you want to add to that maybe? <clears throat> yeah, it was just um, that. Yeah, for me, so Empire was actually my first ever LARP. Um, I'd done no LARPing before then. I'd done like LARP adjacent things, um, but I hadn't done like, yeah, LARP. Mm. And when I was looking at the nation list with my then girlfriend, now wife, um, you know, we were looking at what, like, what nations, because it was her first time LARPing as well. It was like, what, what nations should we join? And, you know, we were looking at like Navarre and Barushka, and there was just a bunch of them, like, and they're perfectly fine for people that want to play that, but like, they weren't grabbing me. Yeah. Uh, I was seeing the costume briefs, and I was like, ah. And then I saw the Brass Coast, and I was like, oh, wow, like, shit, this is so colourful. They're, like, that was literally it. It was just the colour palette initially grabbed me. Um, and then I started reading more into it, and I was like, because it was my first time laughing, I thought it'd be really good to find a nation that just sort of gelled with me personally, because I don't know, I did, at the time, I didn't know how to play a character in real life. Like, I've done it in D&D, but not in real life. How can I sustain that for, like, entire weekends? Right. Uh, and then as CC said, like the whole honesty thing, I myself am a very honest person. I find it hard to, to lie. So it, all these like cultural things that fit within the nation fit within my own personal thing. So it enabled me to be able to go there and not have to role play as much. I basically was playing myself. And then over time, the role play sort of like, as I got comfy, sort of became more apart. Yeah. I think this is kind of interesting, like doing these, um, episodes specifically with different people from the different nations it really feels like different personality types are just drawn to nations specifically like um i don't think that's true 100 percent, but i think that's that can be applied to huge numbers of players like uh in the field and it's it's kind of cool to see and it kind of implies that you're going to kind of meet more like-minded people when you get to the field anyway because they're going to enjoy the same things you are i.e dressing up in these fabulous like uh, Greta, let, let's get in some costume. How how would you describe the aesthetics of of a uh, of a freeborn? I was about to say brass coaster and I didn't say it. So, um, well done. Yeah, thank you. Good on you. Yeah. Uh, how would I describe the aesthetic? Yeah, like uh, and fashion choices and how you approach it. How I approach it, or how the nation approaches it? I guess let's start with how the nation um... approaches it, and then we'll kind of work into our individual kits. Maybe how does that sound? I think it's quite accessible in that you can put together an outfit quite easily just with charity shop finds or buying secondhand things on eBay and that kind of thing. You don't need like a high-end reenactors level of, of kit to get your foot in the door. Um, concerning my own kit, obviously I've used the the longest dark to kind of revamp it and make a whole new set, um, which is moving away from, from that um, and going more in a fantasy direction, I guess. Um, more medieval persian inspired and like thousand and one nights and that kind of thing rather than contemporary asian clothing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and how do you guys uh feel about the brief it's very colorful right and it's very flowy and kind of like like you said there's a persian influences but then it also feels like 
I don't know, like uh, North African, yeah, Berber, uh, like sort of like that Spanish yeah. Moors type vibe. I think I read that somewhere. This is a that's an old memory yeah. right there, but that sort of like cool, flowing, colorful, bright stuff, you know. Definitely, it, it's really uh, uh, interesting because getting the authentic sort of medieval uh, uh, Moorish outfits can be a bit difficult, but Luckily, there's a lot of fabrics around that, that uh, has that sort of rich, flowy feel. So you can use that to uh, um, make your costume a bit more easily. But uh, yeah, the, the original brief is, is very much uh, Persian, North African, uh, Moorish, uh, uh, lots of uh, flowing robes. People tend to go, it's like, oh, how do you play Brass Coast in the winter? It all looks so flowy and light. It's like, no, you have layers. Mm. It's brilliant. And you can hide thermals under all of that very easily. Yeah, especially because a lot of thermals come super colorful. So no one can really tell what they are if, you know, they see you at a distance. But also, as Cece said, you've got so many other layers and robes and scarves and whatnot covering you that, like, you're not going to see that anyway. Don't forget the sashes. Sashes everywhere. So many sashes. I think for me, um, I think I try and do like it wasn't necessarily at the beginning because I was a bit more like uninformed and stuff. But like what I try and do now is steer. Personally, I try and steer a little bit away from just like going and getting like uh, contemporary cultural clothing uh, and putting that on because I'm I'm a I'm a bit more wary of that now. So sure. I try to, yeah, as as Greta was saying, I try to aim more at like a fantasy. Um, style or like a style of clothing that isn't contemporary, like you know, it, you know, it was around five hundred years ago. Could you, um, could you maybe give an example of that, just so I can kind of get my head around what you mean by by the difference between the two? Sure. So some people will, you know, buy say um, a male or female uh, Indian uh, wedding garb, like a sari um, type, and thing. that technically. Yeah, and that's technically supported in the brief, but my own personal feelings around it, I'm a bit more like, mm, I kind of want to steer away from that personally, sure. because that's like an actual item still, that people still use. So I try to, yeah, I try and, you know, there's there's ways you can make the costume look on brief and still be quite ambiguous about like its whole, you know, it's, 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 it's inspired by, but it's not actually using items that are still... Um, significant to a, a contemporary culture if that makes sense mm -hmm. so you're more taking like styles of fabric and maybe how they're kind of put together rather than the actual items yeah. themselves right so turning them yeah. up a little bit yeah okay interesting yeah i think it's uh, it is quite the for those that haven't been lucky enough to go to anvil yet it is quite the sight when you arrive in a in the in the brass coast and and, and seeing all the different people's colors and oh that's a good question what sort of uh colors palette are we kind of looking at within the brass coast um if it clashes it's good <laughs> I would argue that complementary colors are better than clashing. You can't. I know, but I'd know, just like to say that. You can't do it tastefully. <laughs> but yes, that is the common opinion. Uh, the most common colors are the colors of flame. So yellow, orange, red, uh, with a hint of blue and uh, purple. So if, if you can think of it as a flame, those are very much supported in the brief but there's yeah cc as long as it's that's excellent <laughs> that's such a good description of how they they look on the field are, are like flames and especially when like there are performers or anything else yeah i think that's a really great way to uh think is there anything about um the brass coast that kind of changed when you got to play like is there anything that you 
saw on the brief and then when you've been playing or how it's developed over the years has, has maybe changed or changed some of your expectation about the nation? I guess going in there was initially and you correct me if I'm if I'm wrong here, Cece, but initially there was meant to be like the three tribes, you know, Guerra, Requesa, Irregul, which I always can never say. Um they technically have a little bit of a rivalry, or at least they they were meant to be kind of more standoffish with each other. And I found that that never really happens in the field. It could be because Brass Coast is still quite a small nation. Mm. Um, but I also feel like coming back to what you, a point you said earlier about how it attracts like-minded people, that is definitely the case. Um, and what I find is in the Brass Coast especially, a lot of people are not very confrontational. So it almost seems to be a little bit rude to sort of be like, ah, no, I don't deal with Requazers. Um, like it, it just, it just, it, yeah, it just didn't. What, what become do you know? Thing. What the differences between the the three different groups are? Because I know, obviously, like Wintermark has their free people, one nation. Is it a, a similar vibe to that? Like, I, I, I don't really know much about. Sorry, if you're listening to this, I'm very ignorant on the culture. I, I, I just give a lot of Brass Coast people money, basically. So, uh, the best way. Yeah. Um. You so, wouldn't be able to tell the difference um, between the tribes on site like you would with Wintermark. Uh, yeah. So there's no like separate costume brief or anything like that. I think there's meant to be some slightly cultural differences. Like I believe the Requazers are more into... Oh, I'm going to get this wrong because I myself just don't bother really keeping up with that. But uh, was it like the other ones? Is it Guerra who are really into fire? Like if they do performances, they'll use fire? Or is that Requazer? One of them uses drums, the other uses fire. Arigio, I can't remember what they do. <laughs> but that's like, there's some small diff. Dis- it's uh, quite telling uh, that you're, you're struggling to pin it down, to be honest with you. It's, it's, it says a lot that that's... Because I think one of the things that is kind of intimidating for a lot of new players when they read a brief like that, that they don't want to kind of do the wrong thing or step into something. But it sounds as though in the uh, among the freeborn, it seems pretty pretty relaxed. Like you can uh, ask and learn while you're on the field, right? Rather than making a fashion faux pas. Yeah, yeah. there's no fashion difference really. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, so the 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 three tribes are descended from three different sisters. So they're still sisters, and so we're all family in a way. So you might have arguments with you know within your family but you know they're still family mm-hmm. just call Even, everyone cousin you know, if you, right. you you can absolutely avoid them if, if you don't really like them because <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's also a lot of there's also a lot of fun ways that you can tell someone you don't like them without saying to them i don't like you the most famous way in the way that's preferred is like you know if they come to your campfire and they're like, oh, how many rings to sit by a fire? You know, usually the price is like one, two, whatever, like rings. What? Or what? then you could be like, 50 thrones. Hold on. You charge people to sit by your fires? Oh, yeah. yeah. You charge people for everything. Everything's a service. What? Like, everything is a service. Everything has a value. And it is much better not to get involved in, you know being obliged to anyone so we just state our value up front and if we like someone it's very cheap to sit at a fire and if we don't like them it becomes very expensive and it's a way to be polite you know you don't have to tell anyone to go away you just name an outrageously high price and they know they're not welcome right now yeah so freeborn are quite blunt and we don't like ambiguity so that's also why we basically, if we can make a contract over something, we're going to make a contract over it. 
um, because we just like to know what the terms are. We like to make sure everyone's up front with what they're propositioning and you know everyone's happy with the deal as well. You know, there's no trying to cheat people out of like a good deal, or whatever, a good price. Like, yeah, this, this whole thing is like, right, both parties or how many parties, we're all good with this. We're all happy with this. Sweet. Yeah, and as CC says, everything has a price. I think I think as a player, like I'm a Navari player, when I come in, when I first started interacting with uh, the Brass Coast, I, I assumed that I would have to haggle and it would be like, uh, you know, like I would have to, there was always, you, you're trying to get like the best price. And it's not that way at all. Like, I think that's a very accurate description that you made is like, I'm literally going to tell you how much this is. And if that isn't the right price for you, then that isn't the right price. And I think that was... Uh, pretty cool like um like especially like okay i'm just gonna get i'm just gonna go okay dear listener i'm just gonna indulge myself real fast i'm really gonna, gonna go into all the theater stuff and if and stuff and all that stuff now we're gonna get back to bra stuff later i promise but like i just i can't hold it in anymore and i just need to talk about it so basically um my old character ifan was uh, a real asshole son of a bitch warrior type okay and he had heard about this play called the Coctopus and had caught glimpses of them performing this and had become like enamored by the idea that you could hire somebody to perform a play for you and that how amazing that was and 100 percent, this is a lot of oc dave in this as well because what a what a concept right like to go to an event and actually hire people and have them perform for you for in coin cash is is fucking amazing it's so cool um so to, to, to cut a long story short, I had managed to arrange a performance with you guys and it was a very reasonable price, by the way, because I had first heard that it was going to be like free thrones to hire you, right? And I was like, oh, I'm never going to... I'm never going to see free thrones, but I want it, right? Like, I wanted to rob banks to try and get free thrones together to try and get enough money. Like, I was like, how am I, like, how can I get rich? And then it came down to like, oh no, I think it was, I think it was free crowns or something, plus some more for some drinks or something. And I was like, I couldn't get rid of my cash fast enough to hire you guys. And then the, basically, unfortunately, I'd arranged the um, performance for the Saturday afternoon and hadn't told anyone because I was going to keep it a big secret and then surprise everyone by going, why don't we just go walking down the Brass Coast? And I had this elaborate thing set up and then we we're going to have a great time there. Unfortunately, I died during the battle <laughs> and was critical. I had to come back and be like, everyone's like, oh no, oh no, if I, no, no. And I was like, oh, one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> before i die you must carry me to the brass coast and um maybe maybe you guys as a group can kind of collectively describe how you what what that is like to witness one of your performances like oh crikey uh i don't know i've never witnessed them <laughs> it's a lot it's a lot i'll tell you right now like from the audience point of view it's a lot you know who's the writer who comes up with these I, it's a I, group effort yeah. yeah it's definitely a group effort uh, uh we we just someone has an outlandish idea and goes can we do this and then it goes from there yeah um, so yeah, we, we tend to send like if we're if we're workshopping a new play or whatever we'll tend to sit around our fire in the afternoon and just sort of like spitball ideas 
basically we go right how many innuendos like how many cocks can we get into this one part and, <laughs> you know, like what other shenanigans can we get up to at this part and then we kind of cobble it together and then we literally all take it out on the field that night how many cocks how many cocks of, of can jokes. we fit in this story i mean uh yeah. and to be fair that always, is always 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 answering that question with more a lot is a lot of cocks in a story is how many you can fit in a story because my word, like the cocktopus is um, if Anne died with his face in a multi-penis tentacled creature uh, waggling in his face um, what a way to go. What a way to go. Like Greta, I assume that you're the one responsible for that um, creation? Monstrosity. Um, <laughs> I, I had a hand in it, but I did not actually make the octopus. I've got to give credit where credit is due. Okay. Um, um, yeah, so that's a, a member who's no longer in the group. Okay, but yeah, it is. Um, and what's cool about something like the octopus is that you're going to get like use out of that in a whole bunch of different systems, right? Like when isn't when don't you need a octopus, right? Like, uh, yeah. Um, He's only ever travelled to one other system so far, but you know. Was he? Was he put to good use? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the terrifying <laughs> hellspawn that comes out the water. Yeah, I think the um, yeah. There's I, we shouldn't talk too much plot because honestly, I didn't know the full plot and uh, really enjoyed the whole thing when I went to see it. So I think that's definitely open. I think there's a without no going the plot away. Yeah, we're not going to spoil it. I think there is a moment it's, it, to go back to your question about what's it like to be you know to witness your performances. <laughs> I guess the best I can because I'm usually the narrator, so you know I get to keep a real close eye on the audience because we like audience participation. You know, if you your listeners yeah, and you're like you're... witness our play make sure you interact because it's that's when it gets fun you're almost like a straight um, man right like you're kind of like telling this yes. story kind of straight and this craziness is happening next to you and like there's lots of people pinging off each other and audience interaction and, and like um <laughs> dare i say shakespearean right like that's just, you <laughs> know what i mean like that kind of like it's a lot yeah. of cocks and a lot of backwards and forwards so yeah well, I think I think one of our original goals, like when we invented the octopus and would decide to take it on tour, was to kind of outdo the league's performers because obviously their whole thing is dramaturg, and we're like, we're going to show them dramaturg, <laughs> <laughs> and we did. Yeah, I mean, with bells on, quite literally with bells on, actually, isn't it? It literally is with bells. No bells. Oh no, no, like, yeah, yeah. A lot of us do wear bells. Yeah, the octopus itself has one bell. Yeah, I remember the jangling. It still stays with me now. Like, I sometimes wake up in the middle of the night sweating and there's that still bell ringing, but um, the bell ringing? Uh. I think there's a, there's a specific moment during that performance where the beast is introduced and you can tell who's never seen the play before because their eyes go huge, <laughs> their mouth drops open, and they're just like, oh my god, I, what? Yeah. <laughs> they, actually, my favourite story to tell of this, of this kind of situation was the first night we toured it, we went to the in character like the the like PD run tavern, so the big wooden structure, and we're walking in there, and I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna do a performance, blah blah blah, and I saw this like six year old kid. I can't remember how old he was. He was a young kid. Oh god! And I went up to the parent. This is like two in the morning. But I went to the parents like, just so you're aware, like the play we're about to do is pretty blue. Yeah. And they're like, it's fine. He's seen it all before. I'm like, that's concerning, but all right. I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm not here again, to judge your parenting. Not something. Yeah. This is probably not something he's seen before. <laughs> They're like, look, it's fine. Like, we, he, he can see it. It's not a problem. Shut up. Like, all right. So we do the play. 
the beast comes out and literally the parents face their jaw like hits the floor and they're like Fuck! <laughs> Grab the child, throw their hands over his eyes, and like, oh, get out! I, uh, I, I, I have very, I have very little sympathy for parents that are in that take their kids to an anvil bar after like, I, even ten o'clock. I mean, there are some savages out there, and once you add alcohol to that, it's, I mean, Jesus. I'd say it was, it was earlier than that. It was definitely still time in, um, and I'm not sure how much they were playing up. Yeah, uh, 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 they could have been hamming it up uh, about how terrible. I it would was. say it's very good natured. Certainly had no complaints. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> certainly good natured, right? It's 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 totally yeah. a lot of fun. Like, um, it's a very virtuous play. Uh, it's the most virtuous. Play. How would you? How would you justify it being a virtuous play? It's all about the virtues. Yeah, literally. It's extolling them. We're, we're not going to spoil people. it, but uh, it is all about the virtues. Yeah, but okay. okay. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, yeah, okay, let's move on. Um, yeah, it's really good. Is there any other plays? That, Come see it yourself. There are other plays you do as well, beside the Coctus, right? It isn't just like one play. You've got a bunch, right? Haven't you? We yeah. have a whole repertoire. Yeah, and it's growing. Like, like a fearsome beast in the night. It's growing larger yeah. and larger. Firmer, <laughs> stronger, pointing out, you know, like, uh, yeah. Um, we even have a have musical. We have a musical, yeah. What's it called? Two musicals. The Dildodo is also a musical. Oh, yes. Oh, of the course. Dildodo. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Dildodo, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Classic. The main, the main musical is uh, Has Anyone Seen My Cock? I've seen that. It's very good. Uh, you really couldn't find it, could you? And then it's a very elaborate story to try and find that cock again. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, how can people, if they wanted to come and uh, enjoy these plays, maybe come and find you? Um, how does that work? They come hey, to the camp <laughs> and they make a contract uh, to have the play performed. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk a little. Contracts let's, are very important. Yeah, let's go into contracts and how how you RP that on the field. Like, how do you? And and like you were saying before, it does apply to everything, right? Like. Um, I actually went uh, to a player event recently with a, a lovely lady who um, her book was just so meticulously maintained and like everything went in the book and it was I was just sat there watching it and the it's very cool RP right who, who wants to go into how you would approach a business deal I think Brenda, you've been out to a mirror a couple times why don't you go and answer this one you have your favourite this is why I always delegate that to other people. <laughs> Just do the most beautiful contracts, though. If you ever want a really, really beautiful contract made, Greta is the person. Yeah, Greta, come on. Tell us your secrets. Uh, have I made a beautiful contract? Yeah. Like, really early on. Oh, yes, you did, because you were the scrivener, weren't you? Oh, I tried on. scrivening because I enjoy scroll making in real life, but then I found that it's a real pain on the field and ceased doing it completely after like two events. Yeah. Um, so some yeah. people, it's like their whole game. It's like they, they want to, and they'll play like a Cambian because Cambians in the system are um, like in, in, in freeborn culture are special. Uh, and like we consider their blood to be lucky. So we often like will get them to sign it in blood or like put a thumb, a Cambian thumbprint on this contract. Oh, that's awesome. Um, digress um, no that's so that is an excellent digression 
No, that's cool. So a lot of them will play as Cambians uh, because they want to be a Scrivener. And that's great because I can't be asked to write that much. Um, it's my weekend. It's my holiday. I don't want to write anything. So I'll just pay a Cambian to come and Scriven for me if I need a contract, like a proper sealed, done deal kind of contract. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I cheat as well. I have pre-printed uh, contracts mm. uh, with uh, all of the basic details. So I just have to fill in a few things. Uh... Or I have a very large family. Family is very important in uh, Brascos, especially because you can delegate such things as writing out the contracts I think, when I uh, negotiate them with people. I think there's something to be said about the uh, having your name being put physically down on a prop. That actually is a really cool piece of RP that kind of makes things a lot more... Like, it's distinct to the nation, but there's also something cool about the process, right? Like, it's not just you... Got any crystal mana? Uh, yeah, how much you want for it? Boom. And then you just swap coin and leave. There's a bit more kind of uh, theatrical nature to it. You know, it's uh, I really dig that. It gives people an excuse to come after you if you mess them over, which, you know, as, especially as Freeborn, you really shouldn't. But like it has happened where there was one battle where one of the generals, like I was the Admiral at the time, one of the generals had made a deal with some mercenary guild. And then I think he was preoccupied when it came to payment. So, you know, he came over and, like, they, they came to find me because they knew I was, like, part of the, like, hierarchy of, like, whatever. And they were like, where's our money? And I was like, I don't bloody know. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Uh, and they explained the situation. And I was like, oh, look, you're after that guy. He's over there. Go and talk to him. Go and beat him up. I have nothing to do with this. I didn't sign this. And then they were going to because, again, Freeborn, they trust you. They're like, okay, he wouldn't lie. Let's go and... But then uh, they re- they remembered what day it is. And I'm sure we'll get onto this topic as well at some point. But it hap- just so happened to be our festival. So it was the last event of the year. And that's when the Brass Coast have their special festival, which is called the Broken Wheel. And it's the only time where you can lie. Because it's all about expunging the virtues and whatnot. What? And living a kind of hedonistic life for an evening. Hold on. And you so can, they realized oh, so we were that... just about to go on to that. Slow down. Slow so down. Like, so Wait a minute. Ben, ben, ben. You can lie. Ben, you can, sl- you can lie over the... Over the whole weekend, it isn't just one no. day. Which... No, 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 no. It's one afternoon. One it, afternoon. It's, it's Saturday afternoon. Evening. Just... Comes, evening. Evening. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. After sundown. Evening. Okay. After sundown, and so they cottoned on that it was literally about to be sundown, and they're like, "Wait, this is the one time this guy can lie." And then they were like, "Gonna try and beat me up." And I was like, "Shit! <laughs> I, like, I promise you, I'm not lying just yet. It's not quite sundown." I love the idea. Go of... to that guy, I, please. I love the idea of <laughs> you, you not swearing all year round, and then you try and do it once, and then it goes horribly wrong for you. The only time of the year you get to lie. You don't have to lie. It, it is a. Uh, yeah. um, it is uh, the Broken Wheel is a festival. Uh, uh, about exploring the virtues, because how can you be virtuous if you don't know what it is to be unvirtuous? So it is it is a time to explore things that you wouldn't necessarily other time be able to do. Interesting. It's great fun. Interesting. So it's like, are there any real world festivals that like that? That seems to ring a bell for me, or at least some fantasy stuff, right? I'm not thinking of the purge. I think that would be a bit of an extreme example, but um, yeah. So you get to kind of have a bit of a debauched kind of once a year type vibe. Is that the sort of thing? Debauched is that the right word? It could be. It's it's depends what you're doing. There, there are a lot of uh, unique interpretations. I don't know if we can talk about things we've done in the past or if we want to. If you, um... you 100% can, like it's more like just if you. 
uh, sometimes it's like awkward if you're playing game and then you but to be fair our listeners are actually really really good i can't think of one example where someone has said something on here and we've had negative effects on the field so you're 100 percent. i think we should i think we should say like what we did which was the most fun thing we did during broken wheel go on sure like you can't back out now that's (laughs) so who wants to go who wants to say uh you go uh, okay. Who's who is you, Ben? Yes. Okay. And do so, the talking. <laughs> so there was one year where we just, so there's uh, um, an entity in the system called Lictors, and their whole deal is that if you break a contract, they'll come for you, or if you break an oath, they'll come for you, and they'll you know do horrible things to you in the night. Wow. Um, and they're real. And huh? are they real? Like I say, real in the game? Are they? Will they come and get it's you? It's one of the magical realms. Yeah, yeah it, it's one of the uh, uh, Eternals slash yeah. Heralds. That's cool. Okay. So anyway, so their whole so their whole thing is they like, they wear these messed up metal masks and they dress in all black robes and you know they go around they sing a creepy well, we decided to sing a creepy lictor song about coming to get you for breaking your oaths and um, we decided to give out fake contracts. Now the thing is we were trying to still look like brass coasters like. Or freeborn. Now you got me doing it. We're still trying to look Amazing. Like um, <laughs> right. We're still trying to look like freeborn enough that people, you know, couldn't. We we weren't basically trying to impersonate like PD official heralds, right? Yeah. Um, like one of our members has like massive golden antlers that were sticking out, covered in jingles and bells. Um, so yeah, it was. It, but we're walking around with fake contracts, and there was stuff like say duck or scream the word duck. Or like a spanking needs to be administered, <laughs> and we were going around in the evening, dressed as lictors, singing the creepy song, going up to groups and just sort of like quietly infiltrating them, handing out these contracts. And some people took it so seriously, especially the Navari. Just like, great. There was a guy who was just there going, "I will not scream out duck because I didn't sign this." <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go. It's been fun, guys. <laughs> Um, we just walked off. We did almost get murdered. Yeah, several times. Well, not in Navarre, we surely. Uh, no, well, yes, once by Navarre. Oh, well, no, there must have been Navarre. someone dressed up as a Navari. We're a very peaceful folk who would never, ever shank anyone Indeed. in the dark, so that doesn't sound correct at all. I mean, for, for reference, a... we were all wearing, I mean, picture Death Eaters, right? With, like, a yes. metal, metal-type mask, um, and then head-to-toe black robes, hood, and everything. Obviously, we're still, still jingling, still jingling, and you know you could see our entire Brass Coast kit through, you know, slits in the robes and and around our feet and sticking out when there was antlers and and headdresses and things like that. So if you were paying attention, you yeah, you could spot the fraud, but still pretty imposing, especially when there's ten of us, you know, oh, slowly did, creeping did, in. Yeah, I can imagine. We nearly got that Navari killed, actually. <laughs> did we? Yes, because we were saying. Because we, someone, I can't remember who, remembered one of the Navari friends' names. And they were, so we were going around going, have you seen blah, 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 blah. Like, because we wanted to, like, surprise her. But then the Navari very nearly executed her because the, the, um, the lictors were, like, looking for her. And, like, that's why the lictors came to the camp in the first place. Oh, so we should um, get rid of the person so the lictors don't come back anymore. clearly an oathbreaker. My God, that's so no. We're an impulsive lot. She found it hilarious, thank God. Like, yeah, yeah, she yeah. didn't get she didn't get killed. Uh, she was able to explain it was some broken wheel dumb fuckery. 
That's, uh, That's it was great. a great night. I scared a few of my friends shitless. I, they really thought they were going to die. Okay, what's good about that is it like is one of the things that like I I start to like really admire in some people's game is their um, ability to create game. Right, like some people go in there, and there's a few people that I've been hanging out with recently that are like, they're just chaos incarnate, but not like it looks that far away from the surface, but that they're so meticulous in how they do it, right? Like it's it's not just that they're murder hoboing or being like just antisocial or going against the game. They're completely playing the game and creating drama around them as they go, and it's just it's so good. Like, and you're making people's events by those. In- if you have a near yeah. mess- miss because somebody like did some crazy shit next to you, you're gonna tell people the story about that when you get home after the weekend, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Shall we? Uh, shall we get back to some more Brass Coast questions? Because uh, how do you how do you uh, arrange your uh, like uh, houses? Families. families families you call your groups families yeah oh we are okay cool um and you literally are family all descended of the uh, three sisters yep yeah, there's only a family. thing in the brass coast you'll say hey cousin or if you see another uh freeborn out and about in the wild you go all right cousin right um interesting um and how does the kind of like uh like structure of those groups work what sort of archetypes do you have in those families like is there a leader <clears throat> so the leader is called the domero uh which is usually the person that didn't step back quickly enough when uh, a leader needs to be appointed <laughs> it is not an inherited position or a, a, a um there's no specific way that the leader is chosen. It's within the family. Um, and then, yes, it, it's uh, their responsibility, but also our families are like herding chickens. So, <laughs> And do they, how does that work within, oh, sorry, let's go through some archetypes actually. Does anyone want to kind of list off what archetypes there are and, and how they interact? In there the is game? only one archetype. It's Corsair. <laughs> That's not actually true. I was going to say, like, what? What? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the only nation that has one archetype. Uh, I mean, like, Wintermart's got, like, a bunch. Like, I looked at them and I was, like, really jealous. They have, like, a whole heap of them. Um, So, in terms of the Brass Coast archetypes, so, yeah, Corsair. And that is honestly one of the main, like, archetypes you'll encounter because who doesn't want to be a Corsair? Describe Um, what a Corsair is for those, those that don't know. Uh, well, we're so we're freeborn um, traders and privateers um, who basically like a good raid. We let's go out to the Bear Catazar and kill the Grendel. Yeah, who doesn't? Um, and any other em- enemies of the Empire that happen to be on the list. Um, we're pirates, basically. <laughs> um, then you have the Hakima, um, and the Hakima are like our sort of like magic council, as it were. Um, they're like, so they actually don't have loyalty. Oh, it's gonna sound wrong. They don't have loyalty to a family. When you become a Hakima, you leave your family because you like put your loyalty towards your nation. So they become part of like they're just the, the freeborn. Um, so they tend to lose their familial name. Um, and and does and that does that mean them, how do they organize yeah. then? Do they do they have groups within the nation that they kind of congregate around and and work together yeah. with? Yeah, 
Yeah, do you want to explain that, Cece? So, so basically, they they are their own group, uh, the or, or multiple groups. Uh, you have Hakima groups, uh, uh, as well as family groups, and you also have Kohan, which are is another archetype, which is the uh, uh, the fighter protector of the uh, magical Hakima. Oh, uh, cool! They're also sort of separate from the families interesting does that kind of work like i assume like covens similar vibes so they can do magical things together in half magic i'm talking about things i don't know much about so <laughs> yeah hakima usually have uh, their own covens uh Braskos is quite a small uh nation so i don't know how many hakima uh covens they are but yeah they work together to uh, support Brass Coast as a whole, uh, rather than the families. That's interesting. And the Kohan uh, protect the Hakima and the Brass Coast. So there are, are dedicated fighters. Interesting. Cool. Any more? Yeah, so just to go into the Kohan a little bit more, their whole deal is that they are essentially, they are volunteer warriors or sometimes they can be like outcasts for one reason or another like they have to leave their family but basically if you swear to become a kohan for whatever reason again like the hakima you lose your family you you are like out of that you're ostracized essentially from that side and it's like it's like a sacrifice right that's what it feels like it's a big deal to give up your family right yeah you're sacrificing for the nation as a whole not just one family Mm. uh and then i think the only other one really is the scrivener which we talked about earlier and you write stuff down. And the Sithania. Do not oh, forget shit. the Sithania. Oh, uh, yeah, duh. <laughs> You're a Sithania now. Yeah, I am. Here you go, Sithania. You talk about Sithanias. <laughs> what's, what's, what's a Sithania? Sithania? Sithania is the uh, freeborn uh, priest archetype. So uh, they are somewhere between uh, uh, what be, would be traditionally a priest and a party planner. Because any ceremony in the Brass Coast is a party. So a wedding, a funeral, uh, a naming ceremony, they're all great celebrations. Uh, it, it's so cool. Yeah, the, um, so w- w- what virtues would you say, not that you wouldn't be virtuous in all the virtues, but w- which <laughs> ones would you say are more prominent within the Brass Coast? Prosperity, I would assume? Prosperity definitely got a, a quite big uh, congregation, um, but the, pride is very, very well represented as well. Um, loyalty. Oh no, loyalty, yeah. Um, but what I think most of the uh, uh, virtues are are definitely represented by our Sutanians. Which is the correct answer you have passed. You're not a heretical, so that's good. Um, <laughs> yeah, can you maybe um, talk a little bit about combat um, and how Brass Coast behaves on the battlefield and maybe what armor you would wear? Because it's all very flowy stuff, isn't it? Like, you're not going to be wearing heavy plates and mail, I would assume. Uh, that's where you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um... No, so historically, where apparently, like, I wasn't there for the very first events, but from what I've been told, the Brass Coast kind of got a bit of a bum rap because they uh, 
they turned up to battle it wearing like no armor and wearing all the flowing clothing and having like two hit points and dying extremely quickly yeah um is, is what i've been told from the history which is um but since then people have cottoned on that actually of course people you know in the in the sort of time periods we're talking about had to wear armor so you'll see a lot of like mirror armor um which is you know it's it's like circular plates or it can be square but circular square plates oh lamla like... le, le, le how did you say it no no that's more of a rushkin okay um no 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 it, it, it literally imagine like a leather um jerkin yep and then put like a metal dish in the center and maybe one on the back oh there's uh, and then there's one guy he has like red hair or something and he just looks insanely good i think he wears one of those oh you're probably talking about Johnny. He has like a hat with something poking out the top of it. This is like two year old memory, by the way. So I'm probably describing like a completely different, like what from what he's actually. No, no, wearing. no. I think I know exactly the player you're describing. And yeah, he is a great example of like what you can wear. And luckily, he's all over the Wikipedia and in lots of shots because he always looks great. Yeah. So he's a Kohan. He takes Kohan very seriously. He's like reviving the Kohan tradition. So you'll often see him and the other Kohan wearing uh, fierce war paints. Yes. Um, yeah. Depending on their moods. It, it, he looks um, incredible, right? Like he looks like uh, yeah. like if there's a breach to be like gone into aggressively, he's he's your man, basically. It's uh... Yeah, I'll quickly talk about tactics then because that's what we're kind of verging on there. Um, in the way the Brasco should be used. So again, the, the nation's pretty small. I think when I was field when I was in charge, the most we often fielded at one point was either forty five or fifty, which sounds like a lot. But in the grand schemes of things, when you have like Winsmark who can field like three hundred odd fighters or something ridiculous, like it's it's not. Yeah. Um so how the brass coast should be used is kind of similar, funnily enough, to how Dawn should be used, which is we're flankers. We are a pretty heavy unit now because, again, people realize they need to wear like chainmail and they need to wear a plate and blah, blah, blah. Um, and what we tend to do is like charge in on the flank and hit really hard and then run off. Or we hit really hard and hit them so hard that they break and then we run them down. But we're just a completely mobile unit and we will run and we will charge and we will do our stuff. Um, where it goes wrong is when they try, when field marshals and generals try and make us work as like a marcher unit or a high guard unit and like go and hold a line for two hours and you're like well we're all dead yeah because <laughs> like we can't hold that it's, long. It's, we are not built uh, that. You're literally the conversation that you, the, the words you just said that could be so navar like we've had to like heavy armor up there's a lot more heavy armor guys a lot more like we have shields which are part of our brief which is helpful yeah. but um they're quite specifically shaped so that's kind of being brought into the nation yeah. more and more but what sort of weapons do uh brass coast fight with so a misconception I think some people have initially with Brass Coast is that we use scimitars and because they see the visuals and they go, oh, okay, well, they must be using curved swords. That's actually specifically against the brief. Interesting. Uh, the um, the main weapon of choice, theoretically, for Corsairs anyway, should actually be an axe or some kind of hatchet because it's like a ship fighting weapon. Mm. Um, but then it's, you know, pretty standard stuff. It's swords. It's large round shields. Um... And what I'm always trying to get more and more of, because they're the best weapon, is like glaives and spears, stabby, flashy weapons. Yeah, it turns um, out it turns out size does actually matter like a whole bunch, oh yeah. like a lot. You know, so 
So it's it the best the best like we had it at one point was we had a couple of families who all took sword and axe and shield so they could form a nice good shield wall and then I had a bunch of like skirmishers who had like dual wield or like pole arm and I could get them to go around the flank with me and we'd do mini flanking maneuvers and that's really effective. Um, but yeah, so so that's the kind of weapons that that that, that suit the brass coast ideally. It's a bit of a mix mash. Um, there's no specific, oh, you must use this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess what we wouldn't use is something like a tower shield, something that's, that's if it screams another nation, like a tower shield, like high guard or whatever, like we wouldn't do that. The shields do tend to be circular and keep more fitting. Yeah, there's a couple of things I want to touch on there. Uh, there's something kind of interesting about how PD seems to have deliberately taken what might seem on the surface as quite generic archetypes of some cultural group. But when you actually go through the brief, they tend to mix and match an awful lot. So they might have one specific look, but their language might be very different. And then culture might be very different on top of that. So it's very much worthwhile not making any assumptions about... Uh, I'm talking about barbarian as well as like imperial nations here. Yeah. Like there's there's loads of that in the game, so it's something to very much bear in mind when you're interacting with anyone. So, um, which I think is great because it means that it's its own world, and that's yeah. one of the great things about Empire. You get on the field, and it doesn't feel like you're in a a reenactment of a bunch of different time periods or or nations. Mm-hmm. It feels like its own thing. Oh, very much. Which so. is lovely. And I think the the cult the the, the kind of like one thing that, especially you know, in this day and age, right, we have to be aware of different cultures and there's some of the effect that we might have and some of the privileges that we have. Like I know some of you are listening to this and going, "Ugh," but we're not going to go into it completely now. But it is part of the world that we live in now, and I think PD do. I think the whole of LARP, to be honest, is on a delicate line, and I think it's very easy to go the wrong side of that. Um, but I think PD generally get it pretty right, and I think the players kind of respect that as well. So, um, and when they get it wrong, they're not afraid to come around and fix it, which yeah, yeah. is really important. Yeah, I mean, because things change all the time. I, I know, would nothing. Let me put like over the last five to six years. I mean, like, my politics and a whole bunch of stuff has changed and molded with experience and education. You know, yeah. so we're all doing it. We're all at our own pace, but um, also at the same time, we shouldn't be too harsh on those that are maybe not staying up to our own moral standards, however high they are. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so and I think PD do do a fair job in that as well by uh, yeah. protecting everyone if they're making a mistake or or not. Right? Like, I think I think there's a thing around intent, right? Like, if you like, yeah, if you turn up and maybe you you look or you do something that's kind of offensive, if you just don't realize it's offensive, then yeah, like fair enough. Like someone, but then the intent after that, if someone calls you up and says, "Hey, by the way, you might want to not do that or look like that or whatever because of X, Y, and Z," and then you go fuck you i'll do it anyway yeah. i want to whatever blah 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 screw however it might make someone else feel then i think you're a bit of an ass yeah i think it comes if down on the to other hand, you take that and go oh shit i'm gonna do some research i'm gonna look into why i actually should listen to that feedback and take it on board potentially yeah, like this then you know that's a different thing a lot of this comes down to like first rule like don't be an asshole basically like uh it's really straightforward a lot of people if they do have really offensive views are knowing they're being an asshole so intent's really important but also on the flip side of that you don't want to be this kind of like um inquisitor of moral justice on the field where you're going around and like damning everyone to eternity because of honest mistakes right so there's a balancing yeah. line here that we're all trying to figure out um let's get because we could don't be a dick unless you're in one of our plays yeah. In which case, definitely. And then bring, all the then bring more dicks. Uh, <laughs> and then dicks on top of dicks. Uh, yeah. Dickception. Um, 
Yeah, Jesus. That's a, that's the title of our next play. Exception. Cockception? Co- I don't know. I'm really no I'm really thinking about joining the Brass Coast next character, by the way. Like, and I love Navarre, and I'm not done with Navarre for a a long way right now. Obviously, like I have a lot to do. It's could be years away, but my my you know retirement dream in my head, you know, like <laughs> uh, is is to you know be sitting in the Brass Coast earning five percent, having a wonderful time. You know, like that's the retirement dream. I mean. That is not a bad dream. And uh, uh, if we still have any uh, land left by the time you get there, it'd be lovely. Don't. It's awful. Like, uh, yeah, like the Brass Coast really... Uh, for the, for, the, for those that are listening, um, the Brass Coast, uh, at the time of recording, obviously we're in the longest arc right now for reference, but um, you lost a lot of ground recently and the Grendel had a wonderful time taking over forts you'd just finished building and a, a bunch of terrible things, right? It is bad. <laughs> Real bad. <laughs> we are terribly upset about this. Yeah, that's yeah, the weird thing with like the longest arc as well, because obviously it happened just before the longest arc. So we have to we're going back pretending like two years hasn't really gone by. <laughs> it's this thing of like Faraz has been gone, suddenly I've grown really long hair and a beard. <laughs> that's how stressy the loss of Faraz was. Yeah, I've been um I've been trying to come up with like stories of where I've been and what I've been doing. And I'm like smashing out some player events right now. And I'm like, wow, my character Geller is getting around a lot in the very small amount of time that he's yeah. had. Like he's <laughs> doing a couple of months. I can't stop. I got to go to Farunin. Do you know what I mean? And then I'm off, you know, like, uh, yeah. Cause how much is, is in real time? Is it three months between events or something? Three months. Yeah. Three months. Yeah. yeah. I've been doing some work. I managed to f- sail all the way to uh, Jam. And back again. Then I went to uh, where was it? Hakinia, and then another place in Hakinia. And now I'm off to Farunin. So uh, yeah, I've had a busy, busy three months. So, um, but yeah, hopefully Literally things. An evening and all. What's that? Literally just spending an evening in every place. Yeah, exactly. To be fair, that's right, very Geller. Um, I think that yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's 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 just fine. Yeah. Um, is there any kind of like if you were the uh, like a, a the tourist board? for the brass coast and it was like if you want to give like a seasonal must not miss and you have to check this out while you're visiting like what are the sort of things obviously the festival on the uh the the e4 sounds like a pretty good time to go and enjoy some uh some uh uh freeborn freeborn gone wild would be uh you know kind of so yeah yeah people uh Tend to either love or hate the uh, the Freeborn Broken Wheel Festival. So if you hate it, don't judge us by that because all of the rest of the year we're entirely different. Mm-hmm. I think the best thing is actually with the Broken Wheel. If you if you're if you're hearing this and going, oh, that sounds great. So it's on the Saturday evening um, of the E4. Come when it is like sundown because that's when you'll actually see it kick off. Because what yeah. will what does tend to happen, and like there have been efforts made by the nation to try and keep it more contained, but so they, it kicks off by us like chasing out paragons, um, and 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 like who are these giant puppets, um, out of our camp, and then like everyone's like shtick that they're going to do that night is kind of revealed, but then they disperse to go and do that throughout the empire. So actually, you don't see much come nighttime like in the brass coast because we're all over the bloody place. Um, so if you want to see it really like actually take effect you come at sundown i love that there's a there's a a mischievousness 
to Freeborn that um, we haven't mentioned yet, but that's kind of my vibe when I interact with people. It's often very playful. It's often kind of like uh, very direct and honest and, and witty is kind of like the impression I get off and a whole bunch of brass coats is wit is like something else. And they appreciate wit too, right? Like if you're displaying wit or candor or business savvy, then then kind of people appreciate that around you. It's a... Uh, yeah, I really enjoy my time that I get to hang out with people from the Brass Coast. Um, Greta, is there anything that... I think the other thing, oh, if sure. you're talking about... Sorry, I was just saying, just because we're, oh, we always talk about the broken wheel, the other things I was going to say is, like, tea houses. They're a big thing in the Brass Coast culture. Like, every other tent is the tea house. So that's, like, the main thing, I think. If you're going to come to the Brass Coast to experience, go and have some tea. Because what, what, what... it's great. So literally, it is exactly what it sounds like. You go there... Hi there, I would like some tea, please. And then, then, then you are given tea. Pay them. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a, you get treated like a prince when you're in the Brass Coast. Like you pay for it, but it is like, there is no like ambiguity. Like whenever I've been there, I'm it literally like, uh, I decided to pay for the deluxe package, which involved a lot of drinks, uh, deliberately. And I was wrecked. Like, this is middle of the afternoon, and I just was gunning these drinks down the entire time. And I was like, I was so drunk so early on that Saturday that it was, wasn't good. But that's the kind of vibe. Like, people will serve you drinks. Uh, people will be very generous. It's like, if you've made an agreement for hospitality, then it's kind of like everything goes, right? Like, you, you're there to have a good time and really well looked after. It's, it's great. Even if you're dying. Even if you're dying. <laughs> Especially if you're dying. Especially if you're dying. Not Except for that one guy who didn't pay for the bench. That's oh, yes. true. Fuck him. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But... So someone came to our camp and died on our bench without paying for oh, it. Oh, I'm with you. Well, that was... Hold on. Hold on. Let's all, uh, let's all calm down now, okay? Like, I'm sure Irfan is making his way through the labyrinth right now, ready to give that coin back to you guys. So, uh, you know. It, it wasn't even you. <laughs> no, it wasn't you. We were very we happy pay. with your death. Oh, someone else yeah, died yeah, on yeah. your benches? Yes. Oh, so two people have died to the cocksburg. <laughs> was I yeah. first, at least? I think you were the first. Okay, yeah. that's fine. As, yeah. long as, someone, as long as I'm not seeing someone else's limelight. Oh my God, that would be awful. I think someone may have been inspired by your death. Hey, that's fantastic. Like, that's how I want to go out. I highly recommend it for everyone out there. Like Face full on in the Coxpus's fine booty. Yeah. That's my perfect end. That's <laughs> the way I want to go. <laughs> Happy ending. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. Like I said, still have flashbacks to this day. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I think the... Uh, like. I can't wait to actually join the uh, Brass Coast, but I can because I love Navarre so much. But like I said, it's definitely in the um, the bank of kind of like happy places I go to when I fantasize about LARP characters and what they're going to be. Like, um, yeah. Um, is there anything I think it's a pretty good place for new people to come as well. Uh, for a few things specifically, like the idea that you can go up to any fire and offer a coin to sit down and join in whatever they're doing. That's really nice when you're brand new to a field and you don't really know anyone. But you know, you can come to the Brass Coast, you can walk up to any fire and say, can I sit down? Here's a coin. It's a really good way to start up a conversation. Mm -hmm. 
I like that. I need to do Or to get adopted into a family if you don't have one. <laughs> yeah, so Absolutely. Like 80% now of our current family members were new players who came, who just happened upon our fire. We're like, we're new uh, to the anvil. Uh, here's a coin. You're like, oh, come sit down. We'll look after you. And then they just sort of never leave. <laughs> I think it's funny that even on the brief, it, you talk about family, but that's a a huge vibe like it, it's one of the things that like i really struggle to or at least i i think i struggle to kind of represent when we're talking about empire and going at anvil and what it's like to really walk around like places change from day to night like but each camp feels very distinct when you start interacting with it yeah um i was trying to go yeah. for a senate position so i was trying to track down a few different senators um I know it's a senator, but everybody knew who I was talking about. Everyone was like, you know, talking about it. In fact, one of the senators I went to talk to literally told me, I'm so sorry, I can't take a bribe because I might be out of the seat by tomorrow when the election's happening. That's a really good anecdote, actually, for Brass Coast, because he could have taken the coin knowing that he could have been voted out, but he wouldn't take the coin because there was a chance he couldn't fulfill his duty to the contract. And that is like... Yeah. Once you understand that about the Brass Coast, then then you'll always be able to navigate your way through the like and and understand where everyone's at. Which I, I, I just can't wait to interact with more people, more free people. Actually, actually, that's a really good that's a really good analogy there as well because as we said earlier, everything has a price. So like bribes in the Brass Coast are a hundred percent totally fine to do. Have we got this far uh, without mentioning the word bribe yet? Because bribe yeah, is uh, is should have been in the first five minutes, and I apologise, dear listener. Please talk about bribes in great detail. <laughs> I think, Cece, you've got more experience with them. Like, I've offered to pay for positions, but I've never, I don't bother too much with the family bribes and stuff. I mean, it's not bribes, it's just the contract, right? I pay oh, yeah. you for something and you uh, will do your best to provide it. And contracts are very important in Brasco. But that there is, there is no shame in offering money to have your senator vote as you want them to. And all of the Senate positions are bought. Basically, there is a there is an auction uh, for all of the Senate position, and whichever family puts in the most money uh, gets that uh, uh, position. Do you ever? And that is very upfront. Do you ever cross over to families? Do families work together to elect a one of the? You know what I mean? Does that happen? Yeah, absolutely, all the time. Yeah. Literally, it, like when, every season when there's an election, you'll have a bunch of families like coming up to you. And you're like, okay, so you're going to put money forward for this person, right? Like, we're going to do this because, like, that'll be in everyone's best interest. And you're like, sure, how much money are you giving me to do that? Oh, I'm sorry, the other family outbid you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's quite weird to see um, because the, the political game at Empire is deep and full of uh, PvP political stuff. And it's so refreshing just to deal with some brass tacks who are like, no, this is exactly what's happening. This is how much it costs. Like none of that kind of like behind closed doors type vibe to it. It's just completely open, completely straight up. Like it's it's really nice. In fact, I'm kind of curious about how how with the... Um, uh the imperatrix empress emperor oh, yeah, yeah. um the throne being empty and how brass coast might feature in that like it's like it's a good time to be in the brass coast because there's gonna be an awful lot of money changing hands over the next year i would assume absolutely i mean obviously my character is gonna be putting herself forward because she has an ambition for her name to be known across the empire so uh 
I think being empress would definitely help with that. I think it would help, yeah. I mean, like you might need to work on some marketing, but yeah, I reckon that would probably do it, yeah. Cut I mean, the we already everywhere. did. We, we, we did a, yeah, the dream. <laughs> What's the dream? Want to explain that? SEC? Let's, let's maybe not go into that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. All right. Uh, just the look they gave each other just then. It's probably best that we don't talk about it on the podcast, whatever that might be anyway. So, geez. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be uh, like, what, are we missing anything of Brass Goes? I don't want to leave anything uh, on the table. Is there anything that we maybe we've missed that you want to go into? We have really good food. The music is great as well, actually. Um, I didn't answer your first question, which is why why we joined the nation. Mm. And the music brief was a big part of it. Ironically, we don't stick rigidly to the original brief, but um, it's uh, it's always fun. What sort of music traditions are within the nation? Like, what would you expect to see and find? Um, it varies heavily. You get a lot of sea shanties. Um, the, I think, original brief inspiration was sort of 13th century Spanish uh, music and um, there's some Balkan music as well maybe or is it Greek I don't I don't remember all of the the brief influences you get less of that because it's musically quite complex and difficult to do when you're drunk yeah <laughs> um, the, the main thing is that it's, it's... afternoon uh, 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 concerts and then late night yeah, yeah. <laughs> late night it's just all the rude songs which is it's pretty common in all the nations but it's it's that joyousness, I think, that permeates the entire nation brief that is also really present in the music. Um, and it's yeah, also every- good for, for new people to join in um, and have a good time. Yeah, I think that's that's a, another word that should have been used earlier. Joyfulness or joy is the mm-hmm. kind of like, I, I it's, it's, it's such a kind of fun nation to interact with with the people. Like, it, I just have such a good time. Like, really, it's um, especially like a, a friend of mine, I won't mention her name. But like, it's just an absolute pleasure being around them because they're quick witted, they're funny, they're kind of like they're fun with a a, a, a playful jab or whatever. Like, um, everything's on the table, nothing's really taboo. It's like we just enjoy each other's company very much. So, um, yeah, it's one of the nations I would much like. I'd, I'd really like to have much deeper ties with um, going forward. I think the Brass Coast, but. Like I said, it's expensive being friends with you guys. Like honestly, it's... <laughs> I think it's it's one of the it's one of the things that makes it really appealing, especially for new players, is the fact that like, like yes, hundred percent, there's a lot of serious role play that happens in the Brass Coast, um, but you don't necessarily have to be a serious role player to be part of the coast. If that makes sense, like you can just have a right laugh because the whole thing about their brief is that yeah, joy, life is fleeting. They generally prefer to like. The thing about uh, Freeborn is they tend to feel their emotions extremely acutely. Um, so they, they, they really get involved and enveloped with the whole, like, yeah, let's, let's have a good time right now. But if you piss one off, they'll get really angry at you very suddenly. But once they've vented that, they'll then switch back to, okay, now we're cool. Let's, let's scurry on and be dancing and happy. Um, so, yeah, whereas some of the other nations um, might be a little bit more solemn. Are, are just generally more um, serious or low demeanor yeah. at everything. Whereas, you know, the Brass Coast generally, as I say, because it appeals to a certain type of person, like, you're, you're a little bit silly. Although the only, the only, 
The only problem that the uh, Brass Coast really has is attracting bugs um, because you guys are like, oh, yes. walking around like flowers and those <laughs> yeah. poor little bugs can't tell the difference. So like uh, one of the player events, I kept wandering around being like, oh, there's no bugs here. And every time I sat with this one person, I'd be like, why are there so many bugs here? And it took me a minute <laughs> to figure out why. And it was like, well, you're going to attract every like bug that likes those bright colors, which is a problem. So, yeah. Um Cool. Well, I think we can kind of wrap up there. I think it's been uh, it's been like so educational. I've been waiting to talk to you guys for so long, and I just want to say thank you so much. Like um, that whole thing with my death is possibly the best thing that's ever happened to me uh, at Empire. Now, it is a hundred percent. That whole series of events with my death was just so outlandish, and like everything that we want from from living in a fantasy world. You know, like we don't want to. Like I said it before, and I'll say it again. Like I don't want to live like uh, I don't want to live timidly or miss out in my normal life. I certainly don't want to do that in my fantasy life, right? And I think uh, that that beautiful cherry on top of my death of dying to the octopus is just so unbelievably awesome. Like it's more than I could possibly have ever hoped for in my wildest dreams when I was approaching the hobby. You know, like uh, so. Thank you so much. Basically, I, I don't know. I'm waffling on now, but it really I meant mean, a lot. We to were. Me. Super chuffed that uh, you wanted to do that. We were all like completely chuffed. It's like, oh my god, his dying wish is to, you know, be with us and and do this thing. That's amazing. That that that's yeah. That really made our event as well. Yeah, I, I think our other groupies need to step up to that level of dedication. That yeah, yeah. These all come to aspire to. <laughs> well, it's a new service we'll provide. We do we do <laughs> funerals. Death. The death play, yeah, we do funerals. <laughs> oh, this one's still alive. All we right, do do <laughs> sit him down. No, we do do, we do, we do, do, do funerals, funeral. but like, I guess this is more like funerals that take place. Like literally, the person dies during the performance. I think it was like for me, what was really fun was because Ifan was quite a serious character, or could be. It was quite fun to kind of like just completely offset that with the love of the absurd and the wacky and the fun and the joyful was just such a lovely counteraction to like the seriousness of the character so yeah, i think it, i think it worked really well um and i say I've, again i've said it before i say it again a little bit of death does people a whole bunch of good so if you're listening to this and they're like oh i don't want to die like seriously give it a try it's pretty awesome um i highly recommend it uh people will tell stories about you if you've done it right and um yeah it's awesome yeah i've not died yet i'm, I'm trying i'm trying to wow. <laughs> just gotta be obnoxiously rolling in the dice every time single time with oh, your personal I did safety get killed, um, Navar. killed by navar yeah well by the egregore yeah we were, we were performing i think it was the octopus and i was this time certain narrating wearing it and this is an example of like the in-game cultural clashes that can happen and it's like one of my favorite things about the system um and so like after the play we will do a tip for a tip where you know we go up to you go tip for a tip Give us a ring and we'll shove the coxfuss in your face because some people fucking love that. <laughs> I, hey, I mean, there's I nothing wrong with that, right? Us. So I'm just saying, no, like, that's fine if you're into that sort of thing. No, yeah. I wouldn't be up for that, but like other people, I'm sure they'll be. Well, you put that. your whole face in its booty. Yeah, it's a fucking. No, you can't say shit. It's incredible. <laughs> You've never lived but, unless you tried that. But I didn't realize in the bar story time you can't ask for money. Like the whole thing is, it's like their sacred thing of like you are there and you're you know you're you're there to tell a story and then you leave or sit down whatever. So I'm going around going tip for a tip, tip for a tip. Seen some brass coasters who are giving me tips because they also don't know. Oh, you got me doing it again, you bastard. Freeborn who's in they they don't know then they're meant to 
years as well. And I was like, man, the Navarra cheap bastards. I know they're poor, but come on. Like, where's all the money? And then, like, oh, yeah. But I didn't say that. No, like, but no. like... But but me just doing this, like seeing the Navarra look at me in horror, uh, and then like Cece and Greta and the other uh, troopers were like, I got him, get him right here. I'm like, oh, and I look around, they're all like daggers slowly coming out. Like, oh shit, I fucked up somehow, haven't I? So I did this like silly walk and whatever. And then I found out later because the um, Egregor in Navarra, one of them is, is my friend. And he said later on, like, you were so close to getting venomed. I was like, Literally, another player saved your life. I was like, "Sweet, what a way to go out, though!" It's so interesting. Massively offensive. We're, we've we haven't done the Navari episode yet for the nations, and we're we're putting it off and putting it off and putting it off because it's like, um, there's some circles that need squaring before we even talk about Navar, and I don't know who we're gonna get on as a guest to do it. I don't know how we're gonna approach it because, like, um. Brass Coast, I think, are misunderstood with their honesty. Like, I think that's the one big thing that players don't understand about the Brass Coast is how honest the players are within that, apart from this one day, obviously, so don't get caught out, but generally how honest they are. Um, and I think they get that misunderstood. Unfortunately, when you hear stories like that, like, you can kind of think that, like, <laughs> Navarra are a bunch of murder monkeys, and they're kind of... They're, they're kind of not... It's complicated. I think like that's one that we'll try and cross when we uh, talk about. I mean, about it would have been it would have been the same if like a Navari had come around and started breaking a bunch of contracts, right? Yeah. Like it was it, like that. That's it was it was a cultural misunderstanding on my part yeah. where I caused huge amounts of offense and it's then like going around to run away, uh, like slapping shoulders and shaking hands in Eurozen, like hugging all the Eurozen, hugging yeah. the Eurozen, right? So now it's like, um, uh. I recently had a uh, another Eurozen shake my hand and it was like, <laughs> yeah, but it was like, that's heavy, right? Like that's a really big cultural deal. And it's like that sort of thing. Are like that when you understand the law and those things happen, you're like, wow, that's cool. Like, that's really cool. Like you're surrendering a little bit of your culture to show respect to another culture is like a nice thing. Uh, I don't know how that would work with the Brass Coast, actually. That'd be interesting. Mm. Italy gets to stop lying. <laughs> I'm gonna get murdered. I mean, good luck. Good luck. Um... That was the plan, right? That was the plan. <laughs> you did say you were trying to die. Well, I mean, I'll do, I'll, I'll do the Iron Duke. It's all gonna be good. It's gonna be some. If you're gonna die, get some money out of it. Like, um, I'm sure you'll be able to figure out some sort of way that. You could get paid for I've doing some something. Plans. We're I've not some doing snuff place. We're definitely no. not doing snuff place. That's just not going to happen. Sorry, putting my foot down. I don't. Did anyone mention <laughs> that? I don't know. Did anyone mention it? I don't know whether anyone actually mentioned that or not. But um, yeah. yeah, I hadn't considered it until you said that. Now I'm like, same. Yeah, I mean, I can provide the poisons. I suppose. I was gonna say, yeah, <laughs> you've got a very good accomplished poisoner. I mean, healer. A healer, yeah. I only learned those to get the antidotes. Greta, yeah. I've yeah. always yeah, yeah. liked you, by Need the way. Like, you're such a wonderful person. <laughs> um, it's just like, you're so cool. Just so cool, you know? So, um, and I it's would. It's great having our herbalist also be our main cook. There's, you know, she understands all those spices and herbs wonderfully. Well, this is the thing. Like, I didn't know much about poisons until I did the hospital episode. And then to find out that the people that are all responsible for healing are also the people that are have the mm -hmm. most access to some of the most vicious nasty things within the game like 
Yeah, I still find the idea of trying to assassinate someone with poison one of the most like Ocean's Eleven type things you can do because you have to like make it and then get it in them within ten minutes or whatever. So there's a kind of like you know like and you have to have a stealth ref kind of sat. Yeah, and it's one of those. I just, I just picture it as being like you know the the face pull reveal, and then the music, <laughs> ah, bam, 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 bam. Like that. That's that's how I view like I know, an assassination is, like that. There is a story I know of a guy who got assassinated. He was poisoned coming off the battlefield somehow. I can't remember how, and it was a really nasty poison. But they actually managed to cure him, just, and he had to role play being really fucked up. So he was like, oh great, I get to have a nap. So he <laughs> had a nap. But then his murderer, his wannabe murderer, who was like. Bollocks, I didn't poison him. Just had to go into the tent and shank him up. <laughs> like, I wanted to do this in such a more elegant way, but you fuck, you got cured. And now you just get stabbed. Yeah, I always say, like, um, one day if they ever cut them for my character, I just hope it's for the right reason, right? Like, I just hope it's mm-hmm. because, like, that's the only choice I've given my political or social rivals, yeah. right? Like, that's that's the only option I've given them. Like, it, I, I hate the idea of, like, some some idiot trying to mug me because I'm always poor. Like, it just isn't worth trying to murder me. It really isn't. I'm like... going to mug Navari, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be fair. Yeah, I do camp on Murder to Alley. Fair, so... Empire is really good for that. There, there, is, there is very little uh, incentive for anyone to do random yeah. yeah. It is all about if you are going to be assassinated, you have to have worked really bloody hard yeah. at getting that cool that you're that disliked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is to be clear, the guy who got murdered 100% was a terrible person. So, like, it <laughs> wasn't character, a random... Obviously. Yeah, in character. Lonely person in, in real life. But, yeah, he, he was a bad person. Sometimes murder's and, like, completely justified, right? Like, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, what I, what I want to avoid is, like, making potential new players who are listening to this go, oh, shit, I don't want to die. Like, it doesn't happen. No. You have to work for it. Yeah, and it's kind of just like Anna's husband. <laughs> <laughs> so, just a quick, very freeborn anecdote. Um, Anna's husband um, angered my character, and um, so I went around and talked to all the family and came to the conclusion that he must be poisoned um, to be taught a lesson because he he wasn't showing any remorse and he just needed to learn that this was wrong. So. Um, Greta, do you deliberately make your eyes burn with fire like that, or is that just a byproduct of what you were saying? Like, because uh, that was terrifying. <laughs> Jesus. Um, Did I miss something? No, just the way you said it was like I've had a few people on that have been like talked about murder in the most casual way possible. It's it's deeply troubling. Oh, well, he wasn't murdered. No, no, I I didn't kill him. Oh, you just um, you were like I just poisoned him. I had the antidote as well. Yeah, literally, literally. You were like, you know, he was a bit drunk, and we kept going back around the fire, gave him a drink, and then you were like, right, do you want the antidote now? <laughs> <laughs> it was beautiful. And he was like, like, icy, so not like actually, but he was like puking his guts up, his his, his guts were on fire, because you gave him... I gave him gut one. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, so uh, don't piss off healers or any herbalists, because they will... In fact, I I did make sure uh, that he impregnated his wife first, um, (laughs) of course, because that was that was her stipulation for her to agree. Um, In case he died, she wanted you know something out of it. Yeah, so we we did a fertility ritual first, and and then the poisoning happened. Yeah, fertility. The ref was really baffled because um because I wasn't doing this secretive like you were. (laughs) 
<laughs> explaining earlier at all. Yeah. Just walked right up and, and did it all. And she was like, wait, this is illegal. What are you doing? Why is everybody okay with this? <laughs> We've said it's fine. It's our own family. He, he deserved it. Everybody yeah. agreed. <laughs> He's not going to die unless he talks well. shit. And then he will die. Um, yeah. Mm. Um, what a lovely, uh, what a lovely anecdote of uh, like real <laughs> wholesome. Um... Yeah. <laughs> but you don't, you don't like become part of a family whose main group is called the Promiscuous Dodos without expecting us to be a little fucked up. Yeah, yeah, just a little <laughs> bit. Um, and ha- I like the idea of you just meeting up and being like, "What if we got more cocks into this story this way?" And they oh, were yeah. like, "Everyone's like, wow, this guy's a great writer. Like, he he managed to fit at least forty more dicks into this story. Um, no one could even think of it. Like, we always thought that there was like a hundred dick like maximum, but he blew that out of the water. There's just." <laughs> Dicks for days. No one saw those little dodos coming. Yeah. In every way. Can you imagine listening to this and like there might be someone at a train station or something like that, (laughs) and all they're doing is they're smiling and trying to look normal, and all they've got is like dick, 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 cock, dick, 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 penis, cock, dick. It's all I want. It's all I want out of life. I mean, literally, our banner is two dodos fucking, and I was like, if I can just frogging potentially leapfrogging, leapfrogging potentially, yes. And I was like, if I can just get one kid, one parent to have like that awkward conversation, then I've succeeded. And literally one day I was sat around the fire drinking a beer and I just heard, Mummy, what are those chickens doing? And then a very, um, I was like, yes, when a, when a mama, (laughs) I was about to say dildo. And I think this conversation has completely gone to my head. And, uh, yeah. Success. I'm gonna have to go and sit in like a cold bar for a little while I, after this. I just this. like to say we do do try to be uh, uh, respectful of the people, and we do warn everyone around the fire before the plays come out. I would also say there's yeah. a difference between like like smart empire seems to be like in this kind of like it's fun rather than pervy, if that makes sense. Yeah, like yeah. there's. I mean, mostly we right? are men. Yeah. We- yeah, we're definitely aiming for the, uh, um, you know, the very earthy sort of ridiculous sort of thing. It is not meant to be sexy. No, it I would not. To be... As as attractive as all of you are, I would not describe the Cotter's play as a sexy play. It was a uh, <laughs> um, more tran- no, we, more transcendent, have... I would describe it as, but... We also are very careful to avoid any actual like harmful themes. Like everything we do is very, you know, innocent as as innocent as it can be because we just want to have fun and want other people to have fun. Well, it's very much like a kind of a teenager sense of humor and stuff as well, right? Like it's kind of like your, I don't know. Yeah, I'm kind of pressing the point too hard here, but it's like, uh, yeah, it's 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 a good time. Uh, I highly recommend it's it. People in the field humor. Yeah. Um, so next time that you're at Empire and you want to go and uh, get some live smut in your life and some education on the virtues, then uh, definitely head to. So um, one last time, what's the name of your um, family if they want to come find you in the field? House to Zeal. House to Zeal. Zeal. Okay, cool. Yep. Yeah. There are technically two families of the same group because our Demiro is married. So we kind of like hyphened them. So it's like 
my side of the family is called Brilova. Why? C- but we ignore that, and the, the important name is Tazil. Why can't you yeah, just Tazeel's make things simple? It's like I know that there is like yeah. simplicity to what you do, but it just seems so overly complicated all the time. Whenever I have this, is not. But that's a really good, another thing. That's completely like that's very Brass Coast is to be like, oh yeah, we have this, but there's a really random specific thing that's happening with this, which mm-hmm. I need to explain to you. Is like. Yeah, like double hyphening your names because your leader is married and therefore you're part of the same family, but not really. Oof, bonkers. Um, cool. Right. We usually wrap things up with a call and response. So the obvious one would be like uh, Wintermark, Free People, One Nation, or Navarre, Strength to the Empire, Strength to Navarre. But I don't think the Brass Coast has anything quite like that. You're much, you're much too classy to have uh, such a... Such a basic, um, fuggish, <laughs> like, chant. Yeah. We have a lot of songs, but yeah, I don't think we that. have a chant. Do you sing... I think the main... Do you sing... Firebird is probably... Sorry, go on. I'm interrupting you, Ben. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, fire, the, the one that's coming to my head is the Firebird. It's the one we... Because that, it's that, basically... is, that is a good song, but it's not really the, the Brascos song. No, I mean, but it's the, the one that the, we sing in battle. Request the Dream is, is the one. Hmm. But that's not really a quick and uh, uh, final sort of chanty thing, is it? No. Yeah, no. it's not a chant. Oh. Well, we'll just have to give up on that then, I guess. Um, the uh... we, we can do something. Okay. Uh, uh, I don't know how good singing sounds over Discord, but we can definitely do like... Um, if it, I don't if, know. I'll tell you what, if it doesn't sound good then this episode will end right now. Please go ahead, Siri. Good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um... Come free born and join in our song. Come free born and join in our song. Come free born and join in the song. Come free born and join in the song. The journey, the journey, the journey is long. 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 Sit with fire and join in the song. Sit by the fire and join in the song. Sit by a fire and join in the song. Sit by a fire and join in the song. The journey, the journey, the journey is long. 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 Well, I think that sounded pretty fucking good. Yeah, that's lovely. Thanks for that. That's really nice. Nonsense. Father, please, maybe we should listen to them. They're trying to help us. No one does anything for free, Ada. As soon as we're outside, they'll rob us and then turn us over to the mob. They're just common thieves. Rob you? We aren't just common thieves, you know. Yarp! We're quite exceptional ones, I assure you. Father, I want to go with them. The hell you will, Ada! <laughs> What's that smell? <laughs> hmm. Smoke? 